0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. We were off last week. The NFL was off last week. It is Super Bowl week. We are here. We're back. We're ready to go. We're going to break down this game for you. We're going to recap your uh, the AFC and uh, NFC Championship games, tell you how we got to this matchup. Here we are on Thursday, just a couple days away from the big game. Hopefully, you guys are going to get to listen to this before the game. We'll try and break down everything we've got for you, maybe the matchups to watch, maybe some prop bets that you might want to look to, to sprinkle a little money on. I know this is a huge, huge wagering weekend for everybody out there in America. Um, it's going to be a good time. Maybe even talk about our favorite foods. Who knows? We'll see where this podcast takes us. But uh, in tonight, we've got one of our favorite guests. Almost becoming a co-host at this at this point in time, because I think we're going to have you on a lot going forward after NFL rolling in a basketball season. But Brett, you're back on. It's Super Bowl week. How are you feeling, man?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back, Kylie. Uh, super excited. I would uh, give you my best Rick Flair uh, impression and go with a woo, but I'm not trying to burst your uh, subscribers <laughs> eardrums at the beginning <laughs> my- of the podcast, at least.
0: Much appreciated. Oh, that's, that's, we'll,
1: how we'll, that's how I'm feeling, though. Excited.
0: We've got that energy. We're ready to go. So let's let's go ahead and let's just hop right into it. So um, I, I assume if everybody out there, we all know it is the Rams. It is the Bengals. Um, let, let's start with that Bengals Chiefs game, because uh, I think that everyone, not you, but mo- most everybody out there was all on the Chiefs saying there's no way the Bengals are going to be able to keep up this run, no way the Bengals are going to be able to beat the Chiefs twice in the same season, let alone twice in basically a month. Um, and Joe Burrow went to Arrowhead and got the job done. They were down huge in the first half. I believe it was 21-3 to three at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, huge, and then just absolutely shut them down the entire time in the third in the third and fourth quarter held them to three points. Um, game goes to overtime, and Bengals win on another walk-off kick in overtime. But I guess just your thoughts, and let's let's break down that game a little bit.
1: Man, that was such an exciting game to watch. Like, I mean, you're seeing two of the best young quarterbacks in the league, um, electric wide receivers on both sides and Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman and Robinson and Pringle on the Chiefs' side and Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase. T Higgins on the other side, like that. That is just just a fun game for people who love offense, and that's that's me. I, even though the, there, it wasn't the highest scoring total of the year, I mean, you you, you did get to see some great offensive schemes, and just it's it's candy for people like me who like that kind of stuff.
0: Oh yeah, it was a blast getting to see the the adjustments that the teams were making, and really, it was it was a tale of two halves in terms of the Chiefs dominated the first half; they did everything that they wanted to do, and um, in the second half, the Bengals did whatever they wanted to do. I think that really, if you want to start breaking it down of where that game turned and, and how that game started to go back to the Bengals' way, is you have to look right there at the end of the first half. If it's 21-3, to three, there's a pass interference in, uh, call in the end zone that gives the Chiefs the ball, I believe, at the one-yard line, um, and they don't score right before the end of the half. The clock runs out on them. They, they don't have a chance to stop the clock. And it goes to halftime at twenty-one to three, with the Bengals getting the ball coming out, of, or no, the Chiefs in the ball coming out of half halftime. And you looked at that, and you were like, "Man, that could have—it easily could have turned into a thirty-five to three game before the Bengals touched the ball again." And they get two stops there, one at the end, right there at the end, and then one in the to start the second half. And then they score, and all of a sudden, from a potential thirty-five to three swing, it's twenty-one to ten. It's a whole new ball game.
1: Right, and, like, just momentum swings, like, in general are so big in sports and especially football, and the Bengals holding the Chiefs to no points is amazing.
0: Like. I've been sitting here for weeks saying, watching the Chiefs on these different, really all season, watching them anytime they ever had the ball on, like, a fourth and one or a third and one. And I've said it multiple times of, like, there's no way you stop the chiefs on on those plays because they just had, they have too many weapons and they, any read is extremely creative. They find ways to get people out there in space, make a play and they get it done every single time. And they actually come off with the incredible stop there, hold them to to no points. Stopping the chiefs on a one yard play when you know they only have one yard to go is just such a feat in my mind.
1: Yeah. And, I was a little questionable at the play calling there. I can't remember if it was a screen pass if it was a sweep. To, it was to Tyreek Hill, though. And I, I just don't understand why they didn't just try to ram it down the Bengals' throat there and just run it up the gut. I mean, I know that's still like, – you can get stopped doing that, but I feel like even though Tyreek Hill is one of the biggest players in the game, but like I feel like just a dive into the end zone is probably a better play call and probably get higher percentages doing that than – Sweep around the outside. I don't know. I mean,
0: even at that, I don't. I don't know how you don't go back to like that play a couple weeks ago. I want to say it was the uh, Steelers game that they ran a formation where they had Travis Kelsey take the direct snap, um, and they had like Tyreek Hill in the backfield. They had Mahomes in the backfield. It, it was a pistol formation with two two backs and uh, someone behind and uh, somebody behind uh, Kelsey. And it was just a wild formation. So many different options. And I don't know how you don't go back to that type of thing of of just four or five different ways you have to uh, look at it. And it was a horrible decision by Mahomes to even throw the ball to Tyreek Kill in that situation because he got stuck in the flat, couldn't get out of bounds, couldn't get to the end zone, and that's why the clock ran out. If he throws that ball out of the back of the end zone, the kicker field goal is 24-3, to and then the Bengals don't feel as good. Who knows what happens in the second half? But the whole game really flipped from there, and then Mahomes continued to to look terrible early in the second half. He throws an interception – and after that, he was absolutely flustered. Uh, he, he looked like he was seeing ghosts in the pocket. He he wasn't willing to run as much as he was in that Bills game. He wasn't making as crisp of passes. It was, it was really weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't know if Jackson Mahomes is making a TikTok dance at halftime that threw off his mojo or something. But, <laughs> man, he, he did not look like the quarterback we're used to seeing that second half and even the halftime, as I'm sure we'll get to here in a minute. But <laughs> we're into overtime, not halftime. As we'll get here in a minute, but, uh, yeah, he, he didn't look great. Burrow looked great in the second half and he He,
0: he played, I think
1: that, I think, I think that's where that's, that's where they got him. I mean, a lot of of times games come down to QB play. And I think the bangers had better QB play there.
0: Yeah. I I mean, when it came to crunch time, Joe Burrow performed, um, and the, the game goes to goes to overtime, like you alluded, and the Chiefs win the toss and everybody in the entire world was sitting there saying, oh, boy, here we go again. Here's another coin toss controversy of the Chiefs are going to gonna advance on to the Super Bowl because they win a coin toss two weeks in a row. And the Bengals stepped up and three and out um, actually it caused an interception on it basically was a, more of a punt. Because it was like a 40, 50 yard pass into no man's land. It worked as good as a pun. And then Joe Burrow took him straight, straight down the field, um, kick a field goal. And, and Evan McPherson continues this historic run that he's had as a rookie kicker this year. And the Bengals cash their ticket to the Super Bowl. They go from never having won a playoff game in what, 30 years, 40 years. And now they're going out to LA to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of you got to think. McPherson is probably the most unsung hero of this team. Like, you never hear people talking about the kicker, but he's he's won them
0: games. (laughs) Frankly, the thing that he's literally (laughs) he was the only kicker that actually had a draft pick spent on him. Most it's very rare the kicker gets a draft pick spent on him. I mean, it's a huge piece. Uh, You can get a lot of good kickers in free agency. You get a lot of good kickers off waivers. Um, You can get kickers in unsigned or undrafted free agents out of college, but the Bengals knew what they wanted. They got him and it is absolutely proved out to be huge for him. He hasn't missed a kick. And I, the entire playoffs I know he hasn't missed a kick. I don't know the last time he has missed a kick. It's been incredible what he's done all year. Um, yeah, I think he's perfect from beyond 50 yards this season. It's it's unbelievable the, the type of stuff that he's doing. So you're right, he is. An ex- I mean, I don't even know if it's unsung anymore because everyone's starting to take notice now that this rookie kicker is. They're riding him, and he is he is clutch after clutch kick.
1: Yeah, the kid's on fire. I mean, Florida's finest. Absolutely. I'm sure you love to hear that, Kylie. Hey, Being you really a Tennessee what,
0: fan. hey yeah, the funny thing is, he. It, he was a good kicker in college, but it was nothing like you ever thought he was a, this magnificent. You know, he wasn't a Rodrigo Blankenship in college, and he was Robert Aguayo. Yeah, he wasn't a Robert Aguayo from Florida State. I mean, it wasn't like those type of guys in college that you even Daniel Carlson at, at um, Auburn was more talked about. I mean, but Alex Saturday, Nebraska, this guy really just flew under the radar, but good for the Bengals and a huge pickup. So um, and we'll, we'll talk a lot more about, you know, what their success is and their plans to victory, but then we'll, we'll go ahead and take a look at the NFC championship game. And that was the 49ers in the Rams and the 49ers do what they have been doing this whole, uh, post-season. And they get out to a lead early. Um, they look in control and then the Rams just kind of keep plucking away. And Jimmy G is incapable of building onto the lead. Kyle Shanahan looks pretty scared in some play calling. And then, uh, all of a sudden, it's a, it's a tie game late, and uh, the Rams eventually end up getting a field goal, I think, like three minutes to go, and then Jimmy G had absolutely nothing there on, on a two-minute track to try and win the game for him. So, just break it down. Your thoughts on, on that game?
1: Um, I mean, when you, when you have the MVP on your team, uh, Cooper Cup, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty easy to win a game against the 49ers. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, Cooper Cup, like I think he's putting a lot of doubters to sleep just with how consistent he's been. And he, just I, I don't, he had 150,
0: 150 yards, or almost 150 yards in that game. It Was
1: 142 and two touchdowns on 11 catches, which is gaudy numbers, and he's been doing that for weeks, the entire year, really. And I, I know Kylie, me, and you have had this talk a lot of times, and. I'm not sure if your listeners know this, but I've been riding the Cooper Cup trains. It's about week two, and everyone I talk to is calling me crazy for thinking he's a top three wide receiver in the league, and I think he is the best wide receiver in the league this year.
0: I I don't think that there's any debate that this season he is the best wide receiver in the league. Just um, What he has been able to do consistently. What, what blows my mind is that like you look at the Rams, and you're going to play the Rams you know the very first thing you have to do is shut down Cooper Cup. And teams just haven't been able to do it. No one has. And it's unbelievable because you look at – I mean, these are NFL defenses. These are NFL teams that can't come up to scheme around one guy and not let him get the ball. And Cooper Cup, every single game, is getting seven, eight, nine, ten, 12 catches, that is really hard to do. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's not little dinkin dunks either. I mean, he's catching 30, 40 yarders. He's scoring touchdowns left and right. It's insane the production he's been able to put up this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, he almost had two thousand this season. He was just in the regular season. I mean, he, you you saw that game against the uh the Bucks where he just took the top off the defense, too. I mean, he he can, I think he all I mean, he's shifty, he's quick. He can run the outside route, the deep ball. He can play in the slot. I mean, there's there's not much, there's not much, to left desired for this game.
0: Yeah, no, I mean there's there really isn't anything that you could want more. And then you look at their team, and OBJ has been a huge, huge part of their success. Matt's oh Saturday yeah continues to play well. Uh, I mean, the Rams have leveraged everything for the entire future into this season to win the Super Bowl this year. they have no they don't have a first round second round or third round pick next year. they don't have first round picks for I believe the next three or four years something insane that they've traded to be able to get all of these players to get to get your Vaughn Miller, your obj and Matt Stafford on these teams or on the scene this year and so far it's paying off that basically, the Rams pushed all their chips in and said, we're winning the Super Bowl in 2022, which, by the way, the Super Bowl is being hosted in L.A. I, I don't know if that had something to do with they were like, this has to be the year or if they just looked at eight people's age windows or if it's just, a, you know, this is a fun coincidence. But here here we are of, um, of the Rams Bengals Super Bowl in L.A. If you had said this at the beginning of the year, a lot of people would have called you pretty crazy. If you had said this at the beginning of the playoffs, a lot of people would have called you crazy. These are two four seats. Uh It's not like these guys and either of these teams were favored to get through on their side. Getting one is impressive. Getting both is insane. And I think that this is going to be a really, really interesting and fun game. Agreed.
1: And kind of to go off one of those things you're talking about, I mean, it's isn't it kind of crazy that it's the second year in a row we've seen a home team playing the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, well, we didn't have it for 55 years, and now we have it in back-to-back years.
1: Right. I think there's only one solution for this. You put the Super Bowl every year in Detroit. That way this will never happen again.
0: The
1: Lions aren't making the Super Bowl ever. Alice. <laughs> Dallas. Or Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, Dallas, they'll never make Super Bowl. Hey, and
0: ATT Stadium's a great stadium. Absolutely. Jer- the teams suck. Jerry gets his big Super Bowl profit from his stadium. He'll get his Super Bowls every year, even though his team will never be there. It's a win win. I think this needs to happen, Roger Goodell. Somebody clip this podcast, send it into Roger Goodell because we have a fantastic option for you. And I think Jerry would absolutely sign up for it too.
1: Yep, no home field advantage ever in a Super so, Bowl.
0: Hey, Dallas is pretty centrally located in the country too. It'd be great for fans to travel. Hey, so it's Detroit. Great weather up there too. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much in February most of the time. <laughs> Not so much in February, but no, I mean it'll be, it'll be fun. So let's let's go ahead and let's let's start talking about it. Um, and I, I guess first things first. Uh, matchups what what matchups are you looking to of players on players or coaching matchups or stats or thoughts just kind of what what catches your eye as we begin to look at this game
1: Well just thinking off the there's there's two there's two um two matchups I'd really like to kind of highlight and it's both Ram's defense against Bear, or Bengals offense. Um, one is the Bengals offensive line against those edge rushers for the for the Rams and I'm sure you probably have similar thoughts here. Um earlier in the playoffs the Bengals let up what was it 8 or 9 sacks in a game?
0: 9 against Tennessee.
1: 9. And the Rams have Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I mean just those two guys alone are insane pass rushers. And I know you've probably seen the stat with uh Joe Burrow against the blitz and how he's so effective when he is being blitzed, they don't need to do that. They can just send their four down linemen not bring the house and they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. It's going to be that. I do think that that has got to be one of, one of if not the most important matchup in this game. And that's going to be, is does Joe Burrow have time to, to throw the ball? And not just that. I mean, you also have to think about the way this Bengals offense has been predicated. They've been trying to run the ball to be able to keep setting up their, their receivers so that you're not just dropping eight on every play. And I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball in this front. The Rams are an extremely good defense against the run. Um, The only type of people that they really struggle against the run is like a Debo Samuel type. When you can start getting wide receivers in space on the edge uh, and you're having your corners and safeties, maybe trying to make those plays and say your linebackers and, and linemen. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see if that if that offensive line can, one, make any holes for Joe Mixon to run through, and two, how are they going to be able to hold up against this pass rush to be able to get wide receivers down the field? Because I don't think they're going to be able to dink it and dunk it the entire time down the field. They're, they're going to go three and out, and also they're going to give up sacks if, if they want Joe Burrow standing back for four or five seconds because that, that line's not holding up.
1: Right. Well, and then I think the other storyline here is going to be Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey. Um, you see a phenomenal rookie going up against a bona fide veteran star, who many consider to be the best corner in the game.
0: He, I think that's gets be, targeted at. The, he's an extreme lockdown corner. I can't throw at the guy. Yeah, I, I want to see how they use Jalen Ramsey because historically the Rams use Jalen Ramsey to shade to one side of the field not necessarily to one player. And I wonder if they will change that up for this game when you have such a prolific option in a Jamar Chase and they just say, look, we're going to take away Jamar Chase because we're going to put Jalen Ramsey on him on every single play and we're going to make T. And we want you to have to make T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and those guys go out there and beat us and not let Jamar Chase do it. I'll be interested to see how the Rams – Scheme that up. You have two weeks to do it. Um, I, I want to see if, it, pay attention to that very early on. If you see Jalen Ramsey every single play being lined up on Jamar Chase, or if you see him continue to only be placed and shaded to one side of the field. Um, And on, on the sack side, of just a weird, weird. Co- I don't even know if it's a coincidence, but just something to, to look at, to wonder about is I hate that the NFL has turned into something where we discuss officiating so much in officials can affect or not affect games, but it's genuinely becoming a statistic that a lot of people are, are looking at in terms of how much, how many penalties do these refs call per game in the NFL? It's a little bit different because it's not the exact same crew that you have for the whole season. It's the crew chief. And then it's a mix of other uh, of other refs that have been graded to be, you know, top of their position I guess of of a ref but even in the playoffs you've seen it work out this way of there was one game in the divisional round that you saw it work out and specifically in that Bengals Chiefs game uh, you saw where the refs were known the head ref was known to have called the least amount of defensive holding and pass interference calls the entire year and if you go back and watch both sides especially the Bengals got away with a lot of contact and hand grabbing down the field, and I it, I think that was one of the huge reasons for success of why they were able to shut down the Chiefs is they looked at it at halftime and said, "Hey, look, they're not calling anything in the back end. Let's just let's just do this. Um, let's run with let's let's hold them a little bit. Let's get away with it, and we're going to be able to slow these receivers down as they go down the field." And this game, you look at it, and the head ref is known for calling the most amount of holding calls. And so when you have a ref that calls a whole lot of holding calls and you've got a pass rush that is as good as the, uh, the Rams is, are the Bengals going to be a little bit less likely to try and hold? You know, they might give up on a, on a guy going around them a little bit more because they know they're going to get called with a hold. So you might see more sacks that way, or you might just see a lot more of uh, – Holds in general, just just something else to watch out for, I guess. Or fun facts, order.
1: Yeah, that will be a really interesting storyline to follow is how these refs, um, just keep this game under control and let the guys play.
0: Absolutely. I like to say it. Um, on the Rams side, in terms of looking at their offense to the to the Bengals defense, I think Matt Stafford and how he plays is. I mean, clearly, you know, I'm not really surprising anybody here saying, oh, it depends on how the quarterback plays. Oh, yeah, it really does. Um, Does Matt Stafford have, does he continue to play the way that he has the last three, three or four weeks you know, through this playoff run? Or does he have that game that he's been known to have where he just plays terrible and he throws two or three picks and it's really, really sloppy? Um. That's, that's something I want to see how, how good is Stafford? How crisp is Stafford? I personally expect him to play well. I I expect him to have a really good game, but if he is off, if you start seeing him miss those easy little slant routes to Cooper cup, or he's off on his timing with OBJ on some back shoulders or some fades early on, I I would be really, really concerned if you're pulling for the Rams in this game, because you're going to need Matt Stafford to be on his absolute best.
1: Right, and it's not like the Bengals are a super dominant defense, but they're also not bad. So I, I think they could definitely force turnovers like we've seen Matt Stafford be prone to at some points in this season. And I, I agree with you. I think a lot of this is going to come down to quarterback play because the Rams don't have that bona fide like star running back, and they do have so much talent on the outside of the receiver. Um, I think it's really going to come down to can Stafford keep his poise in the pocket? Can he not make the errant throws and can he, he get the, the ones I'm balling? afraid of are
0: just those like mind-numbing ones where he's just in the pocket. You see him; he, he struggles for a drive, or he has a couple of bad passes, and then he just chucks a fifty-yarder down there into <laughs> triple coverage, and there's no one receiver in the area. He's just like. What the hell are you doing? And it's just like those plays he just can't afford to have in this type of game because you can't give away possessions like that.
1: Yeah, Matt Stafford lost me a parlay early in the season. I think oh, it was just someone bad too. It was like the Lions or the Jets or someone. <laughs> I forget who they lost to. It was, it was someone really bad. They had a really bad loss in the beginning of the season. But uh, that, that game gives me nightmares. And if that, this game is anything like that for Matt Stafford, they are in some serious trouble.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be that that will be something to watch. Um just see how comfortable it is. You know, this is a this is a second go-around for not all, some some of these Rams uh, that were on the the that were in the Super Bowl, what, I guess just two or three years ago, 2019. Uh, or I guess it was the 20, I think it was the 2020 Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, the 2019 2020 season am, am I thinking of that right? Yeah because that was Brady's no that was no that was the Chiefs. was that the chiefs yeah that was the chiefs one so it was the year before that so it was the 2018 2019 season okay was that was the Rams Patriots game that was like 13 to three Super Bowl uh, the one that everyone fell asleep in <laughs> And hey you gotta watch the commercials yeah you, you got a lot of commercials that game because there are a lot of punts and a lot of three and outs. But in, in this game, it, it is McVay's second go around. How does how does he prepare differently? Those players that played in it, how are they going to prepare differently? There is very, very little Super Bowl experience on the Bengals' side, as a lot of those players have been there for a while. You've got Joe Burrow, who's a second-year player, basically a rookie as he missed half his season. You've got uh, Jamar Chase is a rookie. Tyler Boyd is young. In, uh, you've got... T. Higgins is young. Um, Joe Mixon has never been to a Super Bowl. All of these key players, Evan McPherson, I, we talked about how great he is of a kicker.
1: Yeah, Trey
0: Yeah, uh, all of these huge players for the Bengals, they're all young. They've never been in this situation. And I'm not saying that they can't go in and win, but it's a really, really hard thing to do. I, I mean, we look at it in in any other sport, in a national, in college, or in any sport really, you start looking at young players versus guys who have experience, and experience almost always comes out in, in these type of games. And so, these guys that's got the second go round, McVeigh's second go round of coaching one of these, uh, I would be, I will be interested to see what type of schemes he has. Is he does he use his timeouts better? Does he have more situational awareness of play calling goes forward in the right time, uh, when you can feel momentum, try and step on, you know, had to step on the throats and a chance late in the game, go for it to keep a drive going, et cetera. So just, just curious of, of how that plays out your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I don't have much there, but yeah, I, I agree. It will be, it'll be really interesting to see.
0: Okay. Um, well, now that, we've, now that we've run our way through that, do you want to, we're going we're gonna to move on to kind of some more fun stuff before we, we dig down and, and give picks there at the uh, – we'll do that at the very end and, and break down the games and, and see how we all do. But let's hear – let's start with this. One of the very first things everybody loves to talk about because it happens right at the beginning of the game and surprisingly it's one of the most bet-on thing every single year. And I'm not talking about the National Anthem. I'm talking about the coin toss. Although a lot of people do bet on the, the over-under on the time of the National Anthem, which this year, I believe, is one of the lowest it's been in a very, very long time. It's like a minute and 40 seconds. Who's singing? Oh, let's... I, I know the name. Hold on. Because uh, her she has a nickname um, of Quickie... What is it? It's Quickie. Mickey is her. Mickey Guyton is who's singing a country artist. Um, And she has a nickname to uh, be Quickie Mickey because I think she has a Super Bowl time out there of a performance earlier this year or maybe last year. That was like a minute, 20 seconds, which is really, really fast for a national anthem. And so a lot of people are thinking under on the soup on it when because this is the lowest it has been in a very, very, very long time. I think like the last 13 or 14 Super Bowls have all had a time go over a minute. Forty seconds, but I, I think that time you get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be a long national anthem. This is that singer's, singer's time to shine. They're going to belt. They're going to write out those notes. This is going over over a minute forty. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go with Yonder.
0: under. I'm <laughs> gonna go gonna, with
1: the under because 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 of her nickname.
0: You're
1: gonna I, don't, I don't know. Quick, I, I have Mickey? I have nothing to back this up other than the fact <laughs> her nickname is Quickie Mickey. But,
0: is, look it up is quickie Mickey.
1: It's a real, I don't thing. believe you, but <laughs> we're going to go with that. I'm, I'm going to trust you there. I'm probably not cool. going to have that one on my card, but.
0: Um, and then we'll go back to what I actually was talking about, which is the coin toss. Um, a lot of people roll right through, you get the national anthem, huge prop bet, and then you roll right into the coin toss of uh, heads tails. Um, there's, there's a few different phrases out there, depending upon which side of a coin you like to personally choose. Which side are you going? Heads or tails, Brad?
1: Tails never fails, except for in Madden. Madden is <laughs> always heads.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I do think in Madden, heads wins a lot of the time. They need to do a lot better at their uh, their random generation on Madden. But I'm on heads. Heads has hit, I think, I think it's been heads in seven or eight out of the last nine Super Bowls. It's an incredible rate that heads seems to hit for some stupid reason. And what's even funnier about that is the last seven teams that have won the, the coin toss have lost the Super Bowl. I don't know if that trend's going to continue. It's really just a weird it, – it's a weird stat. Um, there, you could think of it a little bit of a correlation of probably if you've won the coin toss, then you're going to choose to defer and get the ball in the second half, so maybe the other team gets out to an early lead, and then you're kind of playing from behind and you've got more nerves. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I, I'm thinking heads. And just a fun, fun little thing to think about of watch who wins the coin toss and see who wins the game. We'll see if that trend continues. Um, huh. that is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I have no. I don't think there's any real good statistical information for it. It's just one of those random coincidences. But uh, as you look at the rest of the game, it's just it's a lot of fun when you when you start looking at trying to bet in a Super Bowl because it's, there's just an incredible amount of bets that you can make of just absolutely stupid stuff of what team. Has the first calls the first time out? Uh how's the first, you know, how are the first point scored? Touchdown, field goal. Will there be a streaker on the field? Will there be a streaker on the field? What color will be the Gatorade bath of the winner at the end of the game? Uh all of these fun, crazy things, and then clearly a whole bunch of stuff that you can bet on each player. Uh will will players throw interceptions, the quarterbacks or interceptions, passing attempts, all the normal stuff that you can bet on, but you can get deep and deep loss in the woods. Um, my suggestions to anybody out there that is making their bets to get them in as soon as you possibly can for two reasons. One, if you're trying to bet overs on player props, the lines will just continue to go up throughout the week as a lot of people tend to bet overs. And so the low, those numbers will just continue to go up as we get closer to kickoff. And two, and far more importantly, I can almost guarantee you, if you're online betting, that your sportsbook bet, your sportsbook app is going to crash on you on Super Bowl Sunday. Every single one of them crashed last year, like two or three hours before the game, and I don't know if any of them got back up. So, you don't want to risk that. It, it happens. It will happen. I guarantee. It'll happen. So let's let's hope that let's hope that you all get your bets in. Have a have a good time with it. I know that I've got. I've got my, my card. It, it's a long card. I'm not going to roll myself all the way through it. But, I don't know, we'll give, we'll give out a couple of the fun ones that I love. Um, P ride over one and a half catches. I think that he actually is going to have a pretty big uh, role in that Bengals offense this week. Uh, you've seen him get out there a whole lot more for the Bengals offense um, and a little bit less for Joe Mixon on passing attempts. He's a better uh, blocking running back uh, for him to have out there. He had that huge 40 – I think it was a 43-yarder against the uh, the Chiefs there. Get them – got them tied in that game. So, I like that. Uh, let's see what else did I have that I thought was really, really fun.
1: Uh, I would bet on a Samaji Peter and drop. I don't know if <laughs> I can do that, but I will, because I've watched a lot of the Bengals' playoff games, and I feel like he's dropped at least one ball every game in the flat.
0: That's that's probably not a bad bad bet right there, my friend. Uh, there there will be. I think I, I Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase to both score a touchdown in the game. You can get that at a little over at two to one to your money. I think that that's I think that's a pretty good chance of both of them finding their way into the end zone. When you get to the playoffs, especially the Super Bowl, those quarterbacks are looking for their favorite targets when they get there. The guys who they have the most chemistry with. It's just going to make a lot of sense. So expect Jamar Chase. Expect Cooper Cup. Both to find their way into the end zone. Uh, and let's go with, let's go with one more. This one was just a, a really fun one that I found. Will any punt in the game result in a touchback? Uh, you can get that at more than $2 two, mon- uh, two to your money, almost two and a half to one uh, that I found. And I just thought that they're probably going to have anywhere between six and 10 punts. You got two guys with big legs. Yeah, you'll probably have one of them end up in the end zone at some point. I don't know, just some fun. Do do fair catches count for touchbacks for that, or just out of the end zone? Just, it goes any type of touchback on a punt. So I guess it, if you fair caught one in the end zone, it would count, but you would never do that. So you would have to bounce in the end zone.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of. I'm, you're thinking of I'm kickoffs. An I'm an idiot. Yeah, you're thinking of kickoffs,
0: which also. I'm. I don't like this myself, but a lot of people are loving. Uh, will the first, kick, will the opening kickoff turn into a touchback or a return? It's happened in a lot of the last. I forget this, but it's a huge number that the answer is no. There seems to be a lot of uh, kick returns on the opening kickoff. Pat McAfee on his show earlier this week said that when you're trying to kick a kick a ball in the Super Bowl at the opening kick, it's like kicking a rock. You just there's so many nerves and and. and stuff going on, so it's hard to get a, a pretty good leg on it. You don't kick it very deep. Um, something else, like I said, it's an incredible amount of stuff. There's like 500 options out there on the sports book to try to pet props. Uh, would, you got any other fun thoughts here, Brett, or you want to start breaking down, getting into uh, our predictions, scores, and uh, MVP?
1: Um, I am curious to know your favorite Super Bowl food
0: to enjoy at home. That's a great one. Uh, Great, great question. As I'm actually going to be having some friends over and so I'm going to have to provide some food for everybody. So I I think my favorite food to eat with a soup bowl is any kind of Buffalo style food. So you're talking wings, Buffalo chicken dip, uh, Buffalo chicken tenders or just what any of the of, of the few. Um, and so what I'm gonna end up be doing this week for my my friends that are coming over, and uh, I think maybe my sister might come over too. Who knows? I have a big old party here at, at Kylie's La Casa here in Nashville, but I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a buffalo chicken uh pizza for as one of my one of my dishes. I'm gonna love that. Gonna have some that sounds so good. <laughs> it's actually it's a, it's a little bit of a different toss-up on it. It's called a it's called pizza rolls. Imagine like a cinnamon roll. You you like you basically make the pizza and you roll it up and cut it in rolls, bake it. So so good. Uh, I'm gonna make that. Probably have a pepperoni pizza stuff on. Have some pigs in a blanket. Maybe a, a queso. You throw in some hamburger meat in it. Gonna have a big old spread for everyone that comes over. Have a really good time. What about you? What's your favorite food for the Super Bowl, man? Um. Well, I would say
1: definitely a some form of chips and dip whether it's got, spinach or buffalo dip, but specifically Rotel dip. Oh, Rotel, Rotel cheese so dip. good.
0: That's what I was thinking about doing, making making a Rotel dip and getting some ground beef, throwing some taco seasoning in it, toss it in there. Right. Yeah, that's the right there. Oh, it's so good. But you're right. Without a doubt, at every Super Bowl spread, there's got to be at least a chip and a dip. Like, it, it's a must-have, must-have staple, not a have.
1: 100 percent! And I like your idea with the pigs in the blanket. That sounds really good. Now,
0: oh, those are those are always a winner at a Super Bowl party. Who doesn't love pigs in a blanket? You can dip it. in... I just never think of it. You can dip it in ketchup, mustard, uh, spicy mustard, Chick Fil A sauce. If you have some of that at home, everyone goes buys that. So good. Uh, you can buy them for you can dip it in anything. Ranch, you know, whatever, whatever your heart desires. Dip pigs in blanket. Good stuff. I'm trying to think. Great of Great stuff. Else. Um, you know, veggie trays are, are going to be super, super popular for, for a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, eat-
1: I'm not healthy like that, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good for some. I'm just some- kidding. Some broccoli, some broccoli. Yeah, there's I mean, some, some, some broccoli, sight. celery, celery carrots, dipping in some ranch. Good stuff. Um, try to think of there's any other great food. I mean, wherever you're at watching the Super Bowl, I'm sure you're going to have a big old spread of, of this is not the time to be trying to, to keep yourself on a diet, people. It's the Super Bowl. You got, you got to cheat for a few hours.
1: I thought of another one: cinnamon okay. rolls and chili.
0: Oh, that's such a Nebraska thing, and i I cannot get my mind wrapped around it. Chili in itself is great, cinnamon rolls in itself are great, and I cannot bring myself to eating this this concoction that you guys have out. There.
1: It is amazing, and it probably sounds weird to all your listeners that aren't from Nebraska, but you got to try it. I promise you, you'll love it. It's the sweetness of the cinnamon roll and the savoriness, and saltiness of the. Chili that just together so perfectly, and it's it's warm on a cold day. After you after say it's, it's, it's going outside, you're shoveling the shoveling the driveway. It's coming out there, coming inside. Cinnamon and chili. A little <laughs> bit of football. Can't read it.
0: I've never tried it. You know, I've got I've got some. I ch-
1: promise you, you need to try it. You'll love it.
0: I've got some chili frozen in my freezer. I'm probably gonna have to de-thaw it out here before the end of the month. When I do so, I will be glad to buy myself some cinnamon rolls to the grocery store. And one of these times I will give it a try just for you. And when we have that on, I'll make sure to, to give all of our listeners a, uh, a reaction here in a few weeks. Whenever I do give that a try, because that it's, it's so wild. I don't think it's going to taste good, but there's too many people out there that love it that I got to try it. It's so good. And it's I'm funny. sure
1: Atlanta and Nashville, I'm sure they have their own thing. Similar. I don't know what it is. But
0: actual Na- thing is hot chicken. Nashville.
1: Okay, everyone there. loves hot chicken, though.
0: Everyone loves hot chicken. That's a Nashville thing. Atlanta is not really known for. They are... got
1: boiled peanuts. That's weird. Uh, oh, what? And Coke?
0: Oh, boiled peanuts. Boiled peanuts are fantastic. Yeah. Well, I didn't grow up with that.
1: I'm from the Midwest. We don't. We don't have that stuff here.
0: You don't put boiled peanuts in Coke, by the way. You cook, You put salted peanuts in Coke. You okay. Well, you know, see, see, I'm from like I said, I'm from the Midwest.
1: Don't know this stuff.
0: Now that also, by the way, is a really good road trip uh, snack. Out there, get some salted peanuts, toss them in a bottle of Coke, get that salty sweet. Ooh, like you were just talking about. Oh,
1: so, just like chili and cinnamon rolls. It
0: is. I was about to say, don't hate on chili. it. It's just like your chili and cinnamon rolls. So I guess I guess I will like it if I like that salty sweet combo. Um. Hopefully. You know, I, I might have to put a poll out there for you guys on, on social media and you guys need to let me know what is your favorite Super Bowl food to eat, whether it be a specific chip, a specific dip. Hey, you guys got a great recipe that I got to try. Send it to me. I love cooking. I love trying it out. We'll share it with the pod. We'll see what we think of it. Um, maybe this one we'll have to keep going and, uh, and, and make it kind of a weekly segment of trying some food for, for our listeners. I don't know. Um, uh, any, any Super Bowl commercials you've got that you just are waiting to see? Can't wait.
1: Um, I always like the Budweiser ones. Those are always oh. really good.
0: And the Doritos ones are always good, too. God, those, those two teams have killed it for so many years. The Budweiser ones, they might make you cry sometimes. They might make you laugh sometimes. But, man, those things are, those are always so, so damn solid. And then, uh, yeah, this, the Doritos ones, those are always hilarious. Those are, they have a great, great advertising team. Um, I, I will say, I, I don't know. What's your opinion on? I think that the super, the quality of commercials have gone down in the last, you know, it's, it's dropped off in the last decade, kind of per Super Bowl, in my opinion, if it's getting a little bit worse. But I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um, I, I'd say probably. Uh, my favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time was 2017. It's a Budweiser commercial, it's called Born the Hard Way. And it kind of goes into like the origin story, if you want to call it that, of Budweiser, of how one of them immigrated from Germany and traveled across the United States in St. Louis and met the other anheuser met Bush, is what they're going for. And they created their own beer. And I I love that commercial. I don't know why, but it that's the peak of Super Bowl commercials for me.
0: That one you had the Clyde think- Sales. Was that the Clyde Seal? Yeah.
1: There's no Clyde Seals in that
0: one. I, I love their Clyde Sales, but those are always the heartwarming ones when they've got the Clyde Seal, it seems like. Um, oh, I, I don't know what my favorite one of all time is. There have been some great Doritos ones. Um oh man. There's the Doritos
1: one. samurai one. That one is hilarious.
0: That one was hilarious. Uh Oh, I have to go back and watch some. The of
1: them. Bud Knight, was that a was that a Super Bowl commercial? I feel like it yeah, was. it, star- was it a started good at, one. it started
0: as a Super Bowl commercial, and then it obviously carried on to a huge promotional thing for a long time, and, and carried into a bunch of Super Bowl commercials. Um, for uh, nationwide, typically has one like Peyton Manning, uh, Brad Paisley. I think they'll have one.
1: Yeah, you'll definitely see Brad
0: Paisley in your for right. Oh yeah, um,
1: Tricky Yeager, my soul have Post Malone out there too. I've seen him in a few commercials recently.
0: So, we'll see. Uh, see if see how they work out this year. Hopefully, there'll be some good ones that we get to all talk about the next day. Will you be
1: watching the uh, Pup Bowl? I forget what it's called. I probably butchered that. That's oh, the, the thing, like, thing about the, the Puppy Bowl or whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, the Puppy Bowl? No, I will not be watching the Puppy Bowl.
1: Hey, uh, the Puppy Bowl is better than the Super Bowl itself.
0: Hey, the Puppy Bowl is fun, don't get me wrong, but I will be traveling back on Sunday. I'm actually heading up to Knoxville for our uh, Vanderbilt game on Saturday. I'm uh, going to meet up with my dad there, go to the game, come back on Sunday, got the friends coming over, so that'll be I'll be pretty tight on Sunday uh, leading up to kickoff.
1: Very Fair, nice, be- fun weekend for you.
0: Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, so before we get on out of here, let's go ahead and let's rock and roll with some picks and, uh, and for, you know, let's get – We've had some we've had some friends on before, so we're going to start off with uh, with some picks. And Brent, why don't you take the uh, the first one of listen, uh, if any of our friends uh, go for it.
1: Um. So Patrick picks Rams 31, Bengals 17. Um, and him being a big uh, L.A. fan, Lakers fan, I'm sure that's probably why he picked the Rams. I can't speak for him completely, but um. I, him being a Lakers fan, I'm sure that's probably why. That has probably something to do with it. And the fact that he just likes those kind of top dog teams. He he doesn't cheer for the underdog too much.
0: Uh we look at so we have one Rams pick. Our friend Nate, uh who's been on more than a few times. Uh, I'm sure you guys recognize him. He is uh he is also taking the Rams. He's taking them at 34 to 20 over the Bengals. So we, the, we didn't say it. Um, we talked about some betting. I did not say it. The spread going into this game is right at four points to the Rams and the over under in the game is 48 and a half. So, uh, you know, take that as you will, you know, 48 points in the game, 49 points in the game, somewhere right around there is what Vegas is saying. And they're saying the, uh, they're saying the Rams win by four. So we've got two covers and two overs so far. No, actually, no. Pat's is one point on the uh, on the under, and Nate's is on the over. So
1: let's see. Um, so, yeah, the next pick uh, is actually my roommate, who hasn't been on the pod yet. Uh, we've been trying to get him on, but he's a little camera shy, a little, little radio shy, but he's, uh, he's picking the Bengals. 28 Rams 17 so we get a Bengals pick on the board
0: we got a 28 17 pick from him funny enough that is exactly what Joe Mraz one of our normal uh co-hosts on the show uh that is what he's picking he is also picking the uh, Bengals specifically 28 to 17 uh so I guess that would fall at 45 so we've got two more there on the under but two more on the Bengals winning which I know that they're a it's a really, really popular pick out there in Vegas. Uh, there's a lot of books that are hoping for a Rams win and not a cover because everyone's basically either betting Rams covering or Bengals money line is what the, is what the sports books out there make this or take a lot of picks on.
1: Well, I guess I'll give out my pick now and Kelly, uh, you know what I always say? Um, Never go against Joe Burr. Bengals, 33. Rams, 28. And we're going to get to 33 with a safety, specifically. Way too specific. But we're getting there with a safety.
0: You know what's really fun is that we've actually had a bunch of safeties in Super Bowls, and it hasn't happened in a while. Um, I think the last one was 2015, that Broncos game. Von Miller, I believe, was the one who had the safety. Um, and so, who knows? Maybe we'll get a safety again. We'll see how uh Von Heck. Who, we'll have to see how Bond Miller plays. It was like, I think we saw a defensive player win a uh, MVP. See if anybody on that Rams team can can step up on defense and do enough to be able to call it, or get them earn themselves MVP honors in this game. So we've got what is that three to what are we on three to three or three
1: Bengals three or three Bengals two Rams two two Rams. Well, we're gonna make
0: it three to three then. Because I am on the Rams and I'm on the Rams 27 to 20. I think both teams are going to want to kick a lot of field goals. Um, especially the, the Bengals have a huge uh, leg in Evan McPherson. I think he's probably going to have a, at least a 50 yarder at some point in the game. I think the Rams will be a little bit conservative anytime they get down to the red zone. They're going to want to kick uh, if they get stopped and it's more than probably fourth in a yard. So I see I see a lot of field goals. I see a few touchdowns happening. Both quarterbacks play well. Both quarterbacks will, will throw an interception in the game. And I got I got the Rams holding on. Joe Burrow probably has a chance to get down a drive and win it. Um, don't know how much time he's gonna have on the clock, but I'm gonna say he comes up short on our last, our last second drive, our last chance to drive down the field. Doesn't get it done. 27, 2. Rams. Never bet against the Tiger King.
1: Joe Shiesty, Joper Jackpot Joey, Joey franchise. Don't bet against him. You know, He's it's, gonna the, make you
0: pay. it's the year of the tiger in China. Um, that's the
1: year of Joe Burrow, too. It's the year of the tiger.
0: Who knows? We might we might see that uh see that mentality. No one I think we've all learned not to not to count Joe Burrow out. He's trying to become the first person. To ever win a Heisman, a national championship, and a Super Bowl in their career, no one's ever done that before. No one's gone all. Three. That's wild. It is wild if you think about it that no one's done all three. It's it's just it's more people won natties and the Super Bowl. People won a Heisman and won a Super Bowl, never won all three. Just really weird because most people that win a Heisman typically win a national championship. Um, or at least it seems like that in college. So, last things. Uh, last thing left. Your MVP, You've got the uh, you've got the Bengals winning MVP
1: of the game. Um, give me Joe Burrow. I think there's just so much buzz around him right now that it's it's if, if they win that game, and I've picked them to win the game, that that's a no brainer. Unless Jamar Chase goes for like 200 yards and two touchdowns, then it'll be Jamar Chase. But
0: QBs win a lot of the time. Um, win, win the MVP. And I think you're right that if the Bengals win this game, Joe Burrow's getting MVP because it means Joe Burrow played great uh, in my opinion. And so, but on, on the Ram side, I got Cooper cup. I, I know you'll love, I know you're eating this up. Love it when you get some Cooper cup support, but I think that if Stafford has a big game, it's because he threw the Cooper. It's because they got the ball to Cooper cup a lot and that Cooper cup's going to break plays. He's going to score at least a touchdown is gonna get over 100 yards, he might score two touchdowns. Um, and I think that if you if Stafford throws for 250 300 yards, he's gonna Cup's gonna get a lot of that. Um, and so I, I think that just the season that he's had, people are gonna recognize it and they're gonna actually reward Cooper Cup with the MVP here. If he if, if, if he goes off and has a big game of 100 yards, at least to score maybe so. That that is all that we have for you. Um, I'm I'm super, super pumped for this game. Uh it's nice, it, it, it's teams that we haven't seen in a Super Bowl before. Well, I guess I just you know the Rams were in it three years ago, but it's not the Patriots, it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's not Tom Brady. Uh it, it just it feels different, it feels new, refreshing, refigorating. Um gonna be a really good game i think no matter what i don't think either team rolls away with this game i think it's gonna be close throughout hopefully we get some points hopefully it's not a defensive snooze fest i don't think it's gonna be a shootout i just i hope it's not a hope it's not a 16-13 game personally but i'm looking forward to it any any last thoughts there brett Uh,
1: i just want to say thanks again for
0: having me on yeah absolutely man well we're gonna we're going to let everyone get on out there. Hopefully you guys all have a wonderful time watching the Super Bowl. We will be back here with you in a week to break down what happened. And as we sit here in the middle of February, we're going to have to start looking forward to uh, to the end of conference play. We've got about three weeks left in college basketball. You roll right into conference tournaments. And then you roll right into March Madness. So, We're going to have a lot of basketball content going forward for you guys as things happen. So, But for now, it's all football. It's the last game of the year. Everybody enjoy it. Have a good time. Go Rams. Go Bengals.